What's happening with y'all good people? Welcome to this edition of Herb and Two. Alongside Tucson Warner, my name is Herb Howard. Every Thursday and Saturday, we are here hanging out with you wonderful people talking about issues that currently impact the black community. We talk about how those issues impact us as a collective and along with your help, we talk through these issues in hopes of finding the optimum solutions for how we can overcome said issues. Again, overcome them individually, but perhaps more importantly, at least for the sake of this conversation, overcome them as a collective. Thank y'all so very, very much for choosing to be a part of this conversation. As always, your input is valued. It is certainly appreciated. Anything you want to add to the conversation, feel free to do so. We will read through as many of your comments as possible. We would kindly request that you please take a quick second to share the broadcast. Take a quick second to like the broadcast. Make sure you subscribe to the page. Hit the alert so you get the reminder when we do go live. All of that helps us continue to grow the conversation and find more like-minded individuals. So please, 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 if you would be so kind, take a quick second to share, like, and subscribe. Again, this is Herb and Two. It is intellectual thuggery at its absolute finest. My name is Herb. His name is Two. Jesus of Freshlehem. Returns, resurrected. How you? Praise be his name. <laughs> I'm blessing, highly favored, and I'm giving out blessings all day. Hand them out. Keep the party. Ashe. Ashe. Yeah, I saw Sister Africa the other day. <laughs> I did too. Shout out to Sister Africa. It was weird too because I saw her. She was like like a table or two away from me, and I saw her. We looked like, hey. And I meant to get up and like go greet her properly, and somehow it didn't happen. And she texted me today. She's like, it was good to see. He was like, "How come we didn't?" Grish? I was coming over there and I didn't see you no more. I was like, "I, I did. I feel like I did the same thing in my mind, but I don't, I don't know." Shout she texted you saying it was good to see you. Yeah, man. Shout out to Sister Africa and all those people who move like that. Yeah, that is a skill set that I do not have. I am not nice. I am not calling you. You're not a follow upper. I'm not. And You're not a, a follower upper. This is a, a valid skill that people appreciate. Um, it's de it's definitely something that is valuable. Um, I also suck at it. And it's to my detriment, um, not only on a on a personal social level, but on a professional level too. I'll yeah, be I having agree. great intentions of following up with people, just to be like, hey, you know, it's good to see you. I appreciate you. Let's stay in contact. You know, I'm having my people call your people. Let's do lunch type shit. But I have my people call your people. Let's what do is that about though? Why can't you just do it? It's not my nature. It's ego field, honestly. Why not it just is. shoot a text now since you have I see, a... I can't I remember her name, but she's been on the show, a friend of yours, friend of the shows. I see her all the time. Okay. And she never speaks to me. Okay. And my ego says, well, fuck it. We just won't speak. Ever. I walk Ooh. right past you like I don't know you. Who? I won't say the name, but I'll tell you where the cameras go out. But it irritates me like every time I see this motherfucker because it's like a challenge. Like, I work. That's how we go rock. I work. What well, fuck you did? So you was like on the social and a professional level. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about a social level. I really don't give a fuck. Yeah. So it's it's damaging on a professional level. But the reason I like paused on the sister Africa shit, she was like, I seen it on the table. She hit me Sunday morning. Right. She was doing VON. Right. I commented on the show. She called me as soon as the show was over. I was like, I'd have never did that. Right. <laughs> I'm not that interested. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's definitely it's definitely a necessary thing, and for me on a social level, I just I want to do it on a, on a, on a, I want to get better at it on a social level, just because I just I just think it's a decent thing to do. Like, man, it's good to see you. You're follow a decent up, human being. I'm whatever, not. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, and then on a professional level, it's just a good thing to do. And I don't know why it is. I don't I don't really attach it to any sense of ego for me. It's a problem because on the one hand, we are like 
intentionally trying to grow this conversation and grow this podcast and grow this platform. But on a personal level, we have no desire to be famous like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've always been relatively popular in our circles and even in the city to a certain degree. But it's like, I don't have no desire to be like that. But, I, like, that's it's kind of... It's kind of the requirement, kind of right? Necessary. It's kind of what it is. Like either you want to grow this shit or you don't. And it's like, I do, but like I don't, I don't. Like I'm mean, I do, but I don't want to like it's it's interesting. I think it's different sure. business models though, right? And I think it's interesting. Like you said, we both have a little bit of notoriety in this city. And yeah, it's also natural shit. I think so it's, it's like perspective based, right? I'm older seek. now and I see shit differently, but when we think about some of the most notable names, at least from our community in this city, I'm in relationship with them, right? So, like, what's the, what's, you know how the rappers be like, I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper? Right. I'm that nigga. Right. <laughs> and I know it. You know what I mean? That sounds so arrogant. But I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. So I don't need to know you. And that sounds even more arrogant. <laughs> you know what? I know it does. But it's the truth. The guy you try to get next to, I'm running away from. For real. And yeah. it sounds horrible. I know it does. Right? But it's just the business model. So as I get older, I be like, damn, I am. I do have that recognition. I just don't. What's the word I want to use here? I don't. I don't value it. I guess you could say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we we just need to lean in, lean into it more for the, for the sake of, of of what we're doing here. Uh, it don't make sense for us to, you know, have all the connections amongst amongst the whole team. So have yeah, all the we're gonna that quit we have our jobs and here. not. <laughs> And so not let's let's get it done. Off. Thanks. That's real shit. We got change. All Thanks. right. Well, we need therapy. Twenty-two unresponded texts later, we'll get this thing going. <laughs> Just call her because two's not calling you back. Sheesh. Um. All is well, man. Um. Let's get past the weekend recaps. I had a long weekend, but let's just hop into the stuff we um need to talk about today, man. We're gonna talk about Chicago happenings, the mayo race is. Uh, heating up and getting closer. April 4th is the date between the two candidates, uh, Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. Talk about what's going on with them. Uh, two brothers, uh, Sean Tyler and uh, Reginald Henderson. Reginald Henderson. Because right? of doctor handwriting. They were convicted. You write like a doctor. I swear <laughs> you should be a brain surgeon or something. Um, convicted of a murder in the 90s. Uh, ultimately, they were exonerated, released, um, but the state has not yet given them their certificate of innocence. And that's important on a lot of levels in terms of them being able to advance their life going forward. The state has just denied them of that most recently. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. Uh, 45, Donald Trump to be arrested over money he gave. Stormy Daniels. Oh, porn the porn star, star Stormy Daniels. That's what that says. It says porn star Stormy Daniels. I thought that shit said poem. <laughs> poem star. <laughs> so please don't um, write gave, the outline anymore he, he gave, because <laughs> you are ruining Herb's flow. It's fucking terrible. That's why I need to write it because hey. I'm the one who set these these topics up when hey. we conversate and I can't fucking see the shit. Testing y'all blackness. That's hieroglyphics. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do we find joy, right? What do, what do we find joy and do and do men feel loved? I, th I think I do. So you all, it's about you all. Yeah, I. I you too. I think I do. I'll get into you know where I find joy and and where and how and why I feel love. And I think that's evolved 
over the years. But we'll talk about that as well. Um, one thing we want to accomplish, I think we just handled what we want to accomplish. One step. We want we want we want to be better people. We want to follow up more. Um and then um Adam, twenty two, podcaster. His team leaves him and he keeps rolling with white supremacist quest. Years of approaching years of appropriating black Ooh. culture. I used to write graffiti. That's what <laughs> And you still do apparently. <laughs> Hey, fuck y'all. How about that? I'm sorry. I know you work a lot uh, hard on the pre-production show, and I should already have this stuff. But this fool, I can't read that. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, but the long and short of it, because the last one you kind of struggled through, I saw it. Adam22 is very notable in the podcast space, white Mm -hmm. boy, Mm -hmm. right? And for years, he's appropriated black culture. He's made millions of dollars off black culture. Matter of fact, most of the rappers that you've heard of that ain't really on the radio or ain't really popping, they usually come through adam 22's network like he finds them early they start to merge think of adam 22 like you would think of what's the dude they say is the police uh vlad okay yeah, adam 22 yeah. and vlad are the same motherfuckers in my opinion okay you know what i mean they kind of leverage and appropriate black culture but when it's uncomfortable for them they lean away from it and go get money in other places right the conversation and i guess we can start here because we're here it's the benefit of whiteness right it's the benefit of whiteness but i look at this shit as a problem with the downfall of blackness, right? Because we tune into that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when I think about it, like, they, they have access to just appropriate until they're finished, and then they leave, and in a lot of ways, they shape the culture. So Adam-22 is the motherfucker. I don't know. You remember the conversation we had a couple months ago? I think it was a couple months ago. It was a video of a dude on the podcast. Somebody called him a bitch, yeah. and he got up and just started stealing dude. yeah. That's, that was Adam 22 okay. shit. Most of his content is like centered and focused around that kind of energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he gives light and name to and credence to the the littles of the world. The motherfuckers sure. who ain't really on the map. Sure. They do a lot of wild shit to get a lot of recognition. He gives them light. He gives them air. You know what I mean? Most recently, he was on Joe Buttons because who was the most notable rapper that just died the last time? And that sounds so fucked up. Dolph? No, um, take off. No, take off. Take off, right. But it wasn't even the most notable rap. I'm sorry. It was the relationship guy that we always reference. Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels did an Adam 22 video. And when Kevin Samuels died, Adam, Adam 22 put up a lot of distasteful interview portions okay. of the Kevin Samuels interview that he did. But he did it in an attempt to just capitalize on the moment in time of this man's death. Joe Buttons called him to the carpet on the shit like, you a foul motherfucker for doing that. He talked his way around it on the Joe Buttons show because Joe Buttons, as much as I'm a fan, they try to avoid diving deep into the racial context of conversation. Sure they do. Right? And when you do that, you can't really expose whiteness in the way that it needs to be exposed because you fear losing capital. Right. You, you can't straddle the fence like that. Can't straddle the fence like that. You got to call it to the carpet, right? And, again, we have to call our community to the carpet for tuning into this kind of shit. Right, the the other one I just named Vlad. Vlad, uh, recently he was on a uh, cash that I was doing a podcast with him, and, it, and I I only know it because the headline I saw the headline breathing through YouTube. Sure, and there was a point where she was like, "Yeah, I don't want to answer that question." Yeah, I don't want to answer that question because he he also brings light to certain kind of energies and certain subcultures of our community. Yeah, so she's on BMF. 
he's legitimately talked to most of the real characters that are being portrayed on BMF. Yeah. He talks about it. He's talking to Cash Dow mm -hmm. about an incident that happened on the TV show on BMF and comparing it to the story of a real life member or oppositional member of BMF. Sure. And he's asking her to give perspective. And she's like, man, I don't know what the fuck really happened. And right. I ain't involved in this shit. I, these I, people I, still alive. And these is real gangsters. Right. I prefer to just kind of keep the interview going. He was like, well, let's deal. You know, it's this very policey line of questions wanna, that gets you into this very, like, volatile situation with your answers. He want to dive into it. And, and Sheik, Sheik Looch from The Locks, I saw an interview with him on there. And he was checking him about it. Because previously... Vlad was interviewing Jewels from Dipset. And when Santana was on there, Vlad was like, yo, it was after they did the verses, Locks versus Dipset. And uh, Vlad was like, yo, why you let Jada Kiss grab your bandana and throw it on the ground? Disrespectful. And fortunately, Jewels, you know, because that could easily ignite a flame. You know what I'm saying? But fortunately, Jewels was like, nah, that's cool. We all, you know what I'm saying? My brother. Right, we straight. We, it ain't like that. But he kept trying to press him. And Jewels was like, hey. Slow down, you trying to pop my brother. And so when 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 she came on there, he was like, before we get anything like going, you was foul as hell for what you tried to do with Juels. He was like, so shout out to our brother Juels for handling the way he did, because he could have been like, yeah, you know what, that is disrespectful. He's like, what y'all don't understand is it might not be Juels and Kiss that's gonna get at it, but it's gonna be D block niggas and dipset niggas from back in the hood that's gonna cause some real shit. That Vlad, you ain't gonna never have nothing to do with and never give a fuck about. You just want the ratings. And so he was checking them on that shit. And I think they all need to be checked on that shit. True, true. And this kind of moves into that other topic. I wasn't trying to, we kind of operating through the diagram backwards, right? Because two is herb today. Truly. I like truly, this. Apparently, truly, yeah, truly, two is herb today. I'm loving it. Y'all can't I'm fucking read it. hieroglyphics. <laughs> so I gotta read the hieroglyphics for you, right? But it, it moves from. The construct of Jules having that conversation, she going in and say what he says, to where do you find joy or do men feel loved? And the only reason I say it moves into that because oftentimes to the Vlad or to the Adam 22 and why those characters make the kind of noise they make because black death, black violence sells, mm -hmm. right? And even as Jules Santana keeps answering the question, like, hey, man, that's my brother, that's my brother, he wasn't the only person I saw having that interview in that way. Right. I saw other black people having that interview in right. that way. Right. And they're looking to get a rise out of it. Just recently, Young Bird got into a, a conflict because another producer, Hitmaker, hit versus Hit somebody else. Hit Boy. Hit Boy. Now they in conflict because of a very similar line of question. I hit harder. Right, but because of us, our lack of love, we operate in the space of ego, right, and don't want to be seen or deemed as afraid or even compromising or vulnerable, right. So it usually respond. Are you are you are response to most of that shit is usually volatile, ego driven, and ignorant, and it's something else grows out of it, right. And these white folks specifically. Can capitalize off the shit because, like he said, they can walk away from it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Biggie and Pac, in a lot of ways, died over magazine beef. Those are white folks. No doubt. Right? They fuel those fires. Like, they, they sold like 20 million magazines and they don't give a fuck. I don't more. give a fuck. What happens to y'all? In right? fact, if they die, I'm going to sell it's a more, million it, magazines. It, it serves us even greater. Right. You know what I mean? So, same, podcasts ain't nothing but the maturation of a magazine in a lot of ways, right? Most people don't read because you can't read, but now you go to the, listen to it, right? You yeah. get this audio learning shit and it's the same kind of conversation, but most times what drives those conversations is gotten bullshit. 
the problem is not being able to set your own value set of what really matters, right? Not being able to have your own principles that you stand on. I think we see that play out uh, on a lot of different levels. I was watching, um, so it's a woman that I follow on social media, and she was doing this, I don't know, she was campaigning or calling out um, some popular nightclub. I'm not a big nightclub person, so I don't really know which one she was talking about, to be honest with you. But she was like, oh, they're so racist. And they colorist, and she went down this whole line of list of things they do, and uh, who they let in, and who they don't choose to let in, and uh, the type of bottle girls that work there, and the type of this and the type of that. And as she's going through this whole thing, and it was like twenty slides on a story, and just and different people giving their, she put up a poll or a response thing for different people to give their own experiences at this particular club, and it's like, well, why the fuck y'all keep going? Like I don't need to. We don't have to do this. Like I don't. We don't have to be like, hey, yo, they racist. They da, 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 da. and they do this, and they they let they let these light skinned girls in, and didn't let these dark skinned girls in, and they did this, and they got all the bottle girls is white, and it's like, this, why the fuck y'all all want to go so week every week? Because that was the last thing. It was like we go there every weekend. It's like I keep going to get disrespected. Yeah, why the fuck do you keep going yeah, there right it's the same thing we talked about when jim jones had that video that went viral last year when he was in gucci, gucci or where the fuck he was at and he like man we've been in here 30 40 minutes and ain't nobody so much as agreed to us say hello or offered us a cup of water none i'm finna spend thirty thousand dollars in here and then why the fuck are you finna spend thirty thousand dollars in here then? We stupid, they, ain't, they ain't told your ass hello in 30 minutes but you still finna get them thirty thousand dollars if we don't find value in our own self, you're going to keep begging for it from people. And when you begging a motherfucker from some shit, your value on it is going, it's dropping. That's any negotiation. Once I see you desperate and you need this so, so bad, the price going down. So the question transitioned, well, yeah. it arose from do men feel loved? Well, well, do you all feel, do y'all feel love and support? So like, even when you talk about value, yeah. right? Do y'all feel valued? In Chicago, in the world, you know what I mean. Love, value, support. I don't. Yes and no. No. Okay. Right. No on a no on a level of of like respect and support or appreciation for what it is we bring. Right. I don't feel that from a lot of people. Like on some on a personal level, like in my circle, yeah. But outside of that, no, I don't feel it because I, I feel like everybody is just on these individual pursuits of this ever elusive bag. And that is the North Star and everything else is a distraction. Everything else is, a, is, is away from that. And so I don't feel the value of it. I don't feel the um, willingness or desire for people to work with us, for people to... Um, Deal with us or none. I don't. I don't. I don't feel that, and that's all I do. Like that's all I do is show people love, support their shit, show up at their shit, share their shit. Like I, I, that's just who I am. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a support you and show love if I fuck with it, and I don't do it for nothing in return. But I'm absolutely aware that it doesn't get returned. I'm. I'm 100 aware that it doesn't get returned. I'm gonna still be who I am because that's who I am, and that's my relationship to the universe. And I think that's why. The universe responds to me in a certain way. So I'm going to continue to be me, but I'm 100% aware that, nah, motherfuckers ain't, 
reciprocating the love like that? That adds another element to the question to me, though, like your response does, right? Because I'm thinking about it, and I said no immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, you're Aries, I'm a Leo, right? And it's, a very, it's a lot of similarities in those two signs and how we respond and how we act in the universe, right? And I was saying, you know, maybe I feel like that because of my own ego again, you know what I mean? On some Leo shit, <clears throat> you know, there's a there's a saying to say we crave attention and we want to be doted over, you know what I mean, shit like that. And in context of that, maybe I see that as love, you know what I mean? Mm. And I can legitimately count on one hand who dotes over me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and like Herb says, I, I'm giving, you know. It's funny, man. People think I'm a complete asshole. They think you just uh, joy to be with. I don't know why. They're they're they're, they're correct. <laughs> no, they're absolutely wrong. Right. In real life, though, I go out my way to serve people. Like I'm, <clears throat> in general, I'm I'm a I'm 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 a servant. You know what yeah. I mean? It's my it's my nature. It's my essence. Like, and Herb is this way too, right? It ain't a motherfucker that's that's really in my phone that's gonna call me and say, "Hey, two, I need," and I'm not gonna do everything I can to show up. Yeah. Now on the back end of that, my ego don't allow me to call nobody in that way. Mm. So I don't even know the extent how much of, of how it is far. ego and how much of it is learned experience. Like the when I the few times I have reached out because I need it, I it doesn't get fulfilled, and so it's like I just unlearn. I I learned to not ask because I don't feel like it's gonna come back anyway. I can't remember last time I asked, so I don't know if it's learned. But is it all ego, or was it just or, or have there been? I think it's largely ego. Okay, right. My homies laugh at me. Like, D, D laugh at me all the time. Because he be like, man, your ass just won't accept no fucking help mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we go to the restaurant, nigga, he pick up the check. No, nigga, I don't need you to pick up the check for me. And it's not, it ain't no gesture like you can't do it. Right. It's just like, I don't like nobody doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, so, and that's my brother, brother. So you right. could imagine how it is with some, like, you know, outstretched right. shit. You right. know what I mean? So I don't know. You know what I mean? It might just be ego that makes you feel like that. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's something that's you know innately masculine or what that that's kind of like that. I don't know if it's some other type of. I don't know if it's a social thing or if it's a learned thing. I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel like it gets. And 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 you talk about ego on the front end. I definitely got ego on the front end, but I have a huge ego on the back end. Explain. I may come to you and ask for something. My ego may not block me from doing that. But if you can and you choose not to, my ego can't deal with that. that. I can't, you know what I mean? The rejection. I, I, don't, I, I don't like that. I can't, I can't deal with that type of that type of rejection because, because I am a giver, right? Mm -hmm. So, and because I don't ask for much. Yeah. So when I do, and you can. But you choose not to, it's hard for my ego to recover from that. To be like, all right, let's 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 move on. Let's still build things together. Let me let me still show up for you in this way. And then that's when I gotta like check into my own self, like, okay, who do I wanna be? Right? How do I want to relate to the universe? I think about my universal relationship like all the time. Small shit. I pull up to a venue, I always get parking spaces, like right off front. I feel like that always happens to you. I know, because I'm good in the universe. And when I, when it happens, when it don't happen, I be like, damn, I must have fucked up today. Like, what I do? <laughs> like, that litter, I throw some shit out the window. Like, I, I think about this shit all the time. Yeah. I get some napkins in my car, like, I don't throw out the fucking window, the universe wouldn't like that, Joe. Right. And then I think 
that reciprocity comes back in some other kind of way. So I just that's how I view shit. But I don't know, man. When when people don't show up when they can, bothers people me. that are already in your life in a certain type of way. Not yeah. anybody that's not. Yeah, I don't even have the. I don't even have right, the capacity to ask nobody outside. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't even have that random ask. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm a random giver. Right? I, mm-hmm. But again, that's that's just about me and who I want to be. So I can randomly give to a motherfucker I don't know or don't even have any expectation of ever be receiving anything back from them. I think it's more of a universal thing. But when we are already in relationship mm-hmm. and you have an ask of me that I give and then I have an ask of you and you don't. But you can. But you can. Right? I'm not talking about some selfish, spoiled shit or ask you to overextend yourself. This is well within your wheelhouse. You can do this. You just choose not to for whatever fucking reason. Cool. Like, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time letting that go. And I, 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 have, I had to remember. I was in the city. I was, <laughs> I was at, a, at a concert. Shout out to Jeff Gibbs, man. Um, the Jeff Gibbs Quartet. Uh, huge fan of them. Y'all know who the Jeff Gibbs Quartet is. Make sure y'all yeah. fuck with them, man. They were always here. Uh, they had a show, and I went. And it was fire, and they had uh, some other featured artists with them, um, one of whom was somebody I have a relationship with, I fuck with. But it was just a part of some shit I didn't really appreciate. And even in that moment, and this has been, like, I'm probably coming up on a year now, and it's like, in that moment, it's like, real happy to see you, and you just killed that shit, because you always kill that shit. But in my, I'm still like, I have to... I have to remind myself of who I want to be mm-hmm. in those moments. And and that allows me to proceed with genuine love. Cause I cause my initial shit is like, I don't fuck with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Start calling people out. Yeah, it's you think so? You think that would that would that would advance the thing? Shit. I just think in that moment right, That would advance the culture is what I'm saying. In that moment, hey, how you doing? You just killed that. You know you bogus, right? Type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you on that. I, I, it, it, because it's, it, it fucks me up. Cause you know you don't. I don't fuck with you, but you killed that shit though. Killed that shit. That's what I would do. But I got. I, but I've I been rock. I didn't rock with so much of your shit. So many of your motherfucking premieres and events and merchandise. I didn't bought all your shit. Fuck you. And it's like, mm. That's the ego shit though. Cause like, you think I'm a clown or something? Like, yeah, but my ego don't show up like that though. But also, my ego is like, I. But my ego also tells me not to let you know that you fucking bothered me. That's how my ego shows up. Mine would be like that too, though. My my ego also tells me don't let you know that you fucking bothered me. Leo Aries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That nigga on the side of that boy's be crying because Kansas respond differently. I'm dead ass, and I think it's some value to that, though. I ain't see your birthday post, by the way. We'll get right? into that tomorrow. I think it's some value to that, though. I, it's interesting just to think how it plays out, right? I'm just thinking how we was just talking or whatever. And it just like Herb says, I, I think the universe responds to me, and I look for the universe to respond to me, and I do too. But the universe usually responds to me through other means, mm-hmm. not through the people who close to me who I desire to be valued from. You understand what I'm saying? It's a very different thing. Right, I could walk outside of my value circle and motherfuckers treat me like Jesus H Christ. Yeah, you know what I mean. But in my value circles, like eh, yeah, they go too. 
And two's fucking amazing. <laughs> so just saying, they go two don't, you know, again, it might be that Leo ego again. No motherfucker dote over me. Yeah. Two's fucking amazing. You know what I mean? And I think, like, because I'm a Leo too. And so people always say that, like, Leos need attention and they need, like, this and that. And it's like, no. Yes, I want the people that I care about who are in my circle right next to me, my man, my friends, yeah. my family, to dote over me and to, yeah. like, give me attention. I just want you to call a spade a spade. I don't like the attention from the outsiders, but from the people that I have these relationships with, yeah, I do want attention it, from you. It ain't even so much, for me, it ain't so much attention or validation. Yeah. I just want you to call call it what it is. Mm -hmm. That nigga called it this. That nigga show up for this. That nigga support, like, just call it what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, Herb don't do shit, but show love, man, his motherfucking business and support people shit. That's it. I'm going to do my shit with my people. If I fuck with you, I'm going to support your shit. I'm going to show love. That's just, that's all I do. I don't be in nobody motherfucking business. I don't be gossiping on shit. I'm not into it with no niggas. I'm not, you know, I ain't, I ain't too fucking old for that shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not on none of that. I'm at my motherfucking business. I'm, I, I, I grow my endeavors and I show love. That's all the fuck I do. And I want you to call it that. Like, call it that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, in regards to like black men not feeling love, let's move into this brother Sean Tyler and Reginald Henderson and this '90s murder conviction being overturned. Um, yeah, call it what it is. Yeah, y'all falsely convicted these people, imprisoned them for decades, then exonerate them, let them out, but y'all won't give them their official certificate, certificate of, innocence. of innocence so that they can move on in life without being listed as felons they don't have to put that on any type of job applications right. they can do all their processes they can conceal carry they can do whatever the fuck you can't do as a felon they can they also can file do. suit against the state and that's the big one that's the big one what is their reason what is the state's reason what are they saying is so, the reason for them not to in in in, in direct opposition that. of the united states fucking constitution they are now telling these men that they have to prove their innocence. So they say, okay, we let y'all out, right? Because y'all was caught up in this John Burge case and all this shit, right? And so we let y'all out, right? Uh, coerce, confession, abuse, all that shit. Cool. So we're going to let y'all out. But we let y'all out because we just think the case was faulty. We ain't letting y'all out because we don't necessarily think y'all didn't do it. Y'all got to prove y'all didn't do it. How the fuck I'm going to prove that I didn't do some shit? Mm -hmm. But that's not In uncommon. the 90s. It ain't like it's 2023 where it's like, oh, I can prove it because I was at such and such bar and everybody got cameras. Or I was live on Instagram at such and such. You know what I mean? Like, in the night, how the fuck I'm going to retroactively prove some shit from 30 years ago? So that, that statement itself is not uncommon. It's funny, and I was having a conversation earlier about it, like the burden of proof being on the state, the victim, or oh. you know, the victimized, right? So interestingly enough, a few years back, I got a call from Chase Bank saying they was about to foreclose on my crib. Mm -hmm. Like, y'all ain't paid mortgage in X amount of teen months. It was like, they said like 18 months we had not paid mortgage type of shit. And I'm like, man, the fuck is you talking about? Well, damn. You know what I mean? Yes, well, where is it going? Right, right. <laughs> and if you know anything about foreclosure, there's a process to that. Mm -hmm. Right? So if that was the case, I would have been receiving mail, email, all that shit months, leading, and up, months to, right. leading up ahead to it. They just jump straight to the foreclosure shit. 
this this also speaks to the Sean Tyler and Reginald Henderson thing from a political standpoint too. What I think what happens is like in the neighborhood I live in, there was a moment in time where Chicago was about to get the Olympics. Yeah, which makes my property uber valuable, right? I could have just rented my property for the two weeks that they was filming the fucking Olympics and made like three, four million dollars. Mm-hmm. Rented, I could have stayed with my mama. Okay. Run that money. You understand? I'm that close to the space of where they was trying to do the Olympics, right? So when you think about that, the bank knows all these things too. So what they will do is call to task random loans to take over those properties so they can get that money. And they've done it to me more than one time in different properties, right? Mm. So had it not been for my wife, because it wasn't like the last 18 months y'all in play. They started just coming up with like in, 19, in 20. In March of 04, yeah. y'all it might have been 2016 And then April of 06, y'all missed. And it was like the burden of proof lies on y'all. And had it not been for my wife, because I'm not the record-keeping motherfucker. Right. Legitimately, Chicago has charged me tickets for the same car probably five times. Because I didn't keep the records. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, they do shit like that, and they say the burden of proof is on you, and that's some political shit. And the reason why it comes up to play in a Sean Tyler or Reginald Henderson kind of conversation is the big one, like you said, it allows them not to take or to file suit against the city, right? And that becomes very interesting, specifically in the context of us about to elect a new mayor. The, the biggest conversation they're having is safety. Mm-hmm. One wants to use and leverage more police. The other wants to use more holistic ways of changing the behaviors in the community. But what we got to recognize, though, is that these are not behaviors. Mm. This is a system. Mm-hmm. Right. And the system is designed to keep you burdened. It's going to produce under certain outcomes. A burden, it produces outcomes. Mm-hmm. Right. I had a conversation with a guy today who told me he got a $300 ticket today for smoking a cigarette on a CTA bus stop. I had no idea the that that was against the law. Stop. He wasn't on the bus. He wasn't on the train platform. He's standing at a CTA bus stop. The police pulled over and gave him a $300 ticket for smoking at a CTA bus stop. Wow. Think about it like this. Cash grabs. It's OC. Cash grabs, right? But in a community that's already suffering under the weight of right. immense poverty, right. yeah. that kind of shit puts burdens on you that you cannot recover from. Yeah. Think about this. We're not in a position they to They said there's that. 50% of uninsured, unlicensed drivers in the city of Chicago. Where the fuck you think the people are? They're in our communities. And why are they unlicensed and uninsured? Because two tickets get you a boot. Right? Think about the logic behind that. I'm going to give you two tickets, you're going to get a boot. If I couldn't pay the two tickets, motherfucker, how am I pay the boot? No, it's terrible. I came yeah. out of my crib one day last week. Come out the crib, <coughs> come out the alley, I turned down. It's no less than eight, nine boots just in my sight line right here. And it's like, this shit crazy. My friend live around the corner. She called me later that day. She's like, did you see all the fucking boots they came? So I came down the block. It was, I'm like, yeah, I came down the other block and it was eight, nine on. It's like, it's just no. fucking but really. I want- I want to understand like how we're targeted to understand the difference, right? We live in Chicago and we understand how the dynamics of Chicago works. If you live north of, Ave- north of North Avenue, you can't park anywhere. But they don't target those communities. Yeah. The south side and the west side are, uh, they're like, what do, how do you explain it? So the, in, on the north side, the build is thin and tall. It's, it's, it's densely populated. The south and the west sides are not, right? Yeah. We got horizontal bills. They're changing the city. Except over east. 
Right, several these, but otherwise, there's always ample parking on yeah. the south side, yeah. right? So what they do is they target our communities when they shouldn't. So they don't come through and write tickets for like illegal parking. They write tickets for uh, stickers being old or yeah. this missing. But in order to even get to that, you have to specifically target our communities. Don't happen on the north side like that. Not because they're not doing the same shit. They're just not targeted. Like if you go into traffic court in Chicago, you think white people don't live here. Because there's only blacks yeah. and Mexicans in the courtroom. They don't drive? They don't drive. White folks don't right. drive. Like, it's a direct representation of how flawed and unjust this system is. That smoking on the bus stop ticket, you ain't going to never get that shit on the north side. It's just not going to happen. Think about I'm a I'm an avid bike rider. Y'all know that. But they just started creating bike lanes on the south side. I don't even see them on the west side really like that yet. But on the north side where white folks live, they've always been there. But as they start implementing bike lanes and starting writing tickets for people disrespecting bike lanes and laws, 85% of those tickets were written on the south side of Chicago. Because black people live there. All that shit is targeted to dig examples. That. That so when we, the- It does, but it also gets into the do you feel loved, mm-hmm. right? This whole goddamn plan and system is designed to keep us down. I was just showing her before we started the broadcast. Make sure you don't feel loved by nothing. Chicago just recently was cited as being uh, uh, having the greatest disparity in, in, in lifespan. The average black right. person in Inglewood dies 30 years sooner than the, the average, average white, white person, person in Streeterville. In Streeterville. Next neighborhood over. Next neighborhood over. There's a 30-year gap. That's the biggest disparity in the country, right? So back to the dynamic of Chicago where we got this highly concentrated population of black people. It's the most concentrated black people in, the, in America, right? And we reap the, 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 the brunt of all of what that really means. That means you're going to get a $300 ticket for smoking a cigarette at a fucking bus stop. That means you're going to ride a bike in a, in, a, in, a, in a community that traditionally has never had bike lanes right. and get 85% of the new tickets. You know what I mean? It's those kind of conversations that keep you away from having a, a valid driver's license. Mm-hmm. It's those kind of conversations that keep you away from getting jobs because they do shit like credit checks and jobs. They do shit like, let's think about where we work at, where we employ that. We employed in the service industry. But what does the service industry usually require? Requires your ass to be able to drive. All this shit leads to more shit. All this shit leads to more shit. And we not we don't quantify it like that. We just think these are behavior sets and they're not. No, that's why I say all the time. One of two things has to be true when you look at the outcomes in our community. And it's either there's a systemic plan designed to bring about these outcomes, or we are just the most ignorant, violent, susceptible to drug abuse people to ever walk the face of the earth. I don't believe that. That's just not fucking true. Even to the brothers, Tyler and Henderson, they were part of the John Burge case. If you're not from Chicago, you might not know the story of John Burge, but John Burge is one of the most notorious dirty police in the history of dirty police. He's one of the worst people to ever walk the face of the planet. Notorious. And I don't don't mean that with any type of exaggeration. That's not hyperbolic when I say that. Yeah, he tortured hundreds and hundreds of black men. Oh yeah, hundreds and hundreds of them, and the motherfucker didn't get convicted. And train like dozens and dozens of white people to do the same. Do the do the exact same. So extrapolate his hundred out across thousands more. Right, right. And under that situation or under that regime, half of I won't say half of, but a large percentage of the black population that went to prison was imprisoned by him and police like him. Right. You know what I mean. So when he was convicted, they had to overturn a lot of those convictions. But the system is so dirty, right? And if we know we got to overturn all these goddamn convictions, we can't pay them checks. We though. can't pay all them people. So, so fuck you and fuck the thirty years you spent in jail. Fuck you. You out. 
Be happy, nigga. Yeah, be happy, nigga. Smile, nigga. Smile, nigga. You out. Yeah. But if you think we finna give you a, a certificate of innocence so that then you can come back and sue us in a case where, where we can't, it's indefensible. Our dude tortured all these people into these false confessions to hundreds and thousands of man years of false incarceration, false imprisonment. How are we going to cut all these checks? But think about how that shapes the culture of the people who have to suffer under that, right? Yes. So I've had ample interactions with the Chicago police. Yeah, but that's how people get, that's how, that's how you get in one of them rooms and you, and you take deals that you don't need to take. Yeah, I know this shit going to go bad. I, I'll take the eight years. Man, I remember motherfucking police had me and Bugs in Christmas carols on 95th Street, G. Because I, I was like, man, we don't do this shit. We go to jail. I already know what it is. So it was like, see, nigga. We was the four tops. <laughs> <laughs> I get so shy. <laughs> That's not even funny. <laughs> Wait, please. Re- run that back. What? No, dead ass. They pulled us over. <laughs> Tell the story, please. They pulled us over. We young and shit. You know, you young. You get high in the car. You ride off to wherever you going. So we had smoked all the weed. So we high as hell. Right? So they pull us over. And it's a nigga in the high back. Boxing. My other cousin in the back. And he a sneaky nigga. So you never know if he got some more weed or, you know, he holding us. You know what I'm saying? Pinching off the weed. You just don't know. So they pulled me in the, out the car. They pulled me out the car. They pulled Bug out the car because we was in the front. My other cousin in the back seat. Bug got all kind of bogus ass. Licenses and IDs in his wallet. You know what I'm saying? Allegedly. And Boog is ignorant, right? <laughs> so they're like, oh, your name is Anthony. Oh, your name is Jared. Oh, you're... he got all these IDs, right? He was like, it's for the bitches, man. I got to get in the club. It's for the hoes. Like, this is Boog. He's ignorant, right? So I'm like, we go to jail. We finna go to jail. <laughs> no wonder Boog won't come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we finna go to jail. This is fuck shit. And uh, so they was like, where the weed at? I was like, I don't got no weed. I don't know what you're talking about. Of course, that's what I'm saying. Cost right? me like a pound. Yes, pound of weed, right? I'm I like, love. man, no, ain't nobody in here smoking no weed, nigga. I'm, everybody high as hell, you hear me? <laughs> so they was like, nigga in the back. And that's just how they said These black police, too. Nigga in the back, you got some more weed? He was like, I ain't got no, you know, everybody's high. <laughs> so they was like, if you don't show us the weed, we're going to tow the car. You niggas going to jail. It's Christmas Eve. He said, matter of fact, oh, y'all, y'all don't want to go to jail. Y'all in there. Yeah, we in there. So like, y'all want to go to jail? They're like, sing Christmas carols right now. I That's guess weird. you say. I don't even know Christmas carols. Whatever the fuck it was. Rudolph the Red Nose was right there. So we, 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 was, we was in it, baby. <laughs> Just let me go home, Nick. Yo, that's uh, hey, I'm not I'm not even mad at that. That's hilarious. No, I was mad. I was angry to the that's motherfucker. But you didn't go to jail. Yeah, and they didn't go to jail, you wanna go home. Right. Right. <laughs> like it's again, it's so many different that's interactions I mean. and we and we coach it to just accept certain yeah, shit. Like yeah. I remember my homie, his grandmama had, and these we young niggas at the time, his grandmama had a a Benz, one of them diesel Benz. That's how old this shit is. Mm-hmm. But it was the shit back then. Mm-hmm. We on like 95th, like Brown Ashland type of area. Motherfuckers pull us over because we four niggas in the bins that we shouldn't be in. In they mind. I used to mess with a girl who lived on like 96th and like around that area somewhere. So they got us on the ground on some colors kind of shit. You know, knees locked, hams locked. Like we just robbed a liquor store or some shit. I remember this. The chick mama rolled past and seen me out here on some color shit. I looked, I was like, I ain't gonna be able to fuck with that. That ain't gonna happen no more. <laughs> Don't shit. you bring that, that thug back dead. in my house. That, that shit, shit so dead. normal to us, though, like in the neighborhoods to see just 
yeah. boys thrown just across the car. A group of them just we just up. walk past like it. Me and my friend yeah, talk about that yeah. all the time. Like that's trauma. Like yeah, they got all fours of, and hands in the lock yeah, and shit. It ain't like, a white community in this country. You's gonna walk through, drive through, walk through, and see six white boys slammed across squad cars. That's just yeah, not a crazy. regular thing to see. Yeah. But for us, it's. Yeah, we just go about our day and like now, not today. I feel like these days now people are stopping trying to make sure folks are okay. At least that's what I see. Yeah. Like somebody recording, like people doing that type of stuff. But growing up, it was, it was the that's norm. Just what it was. This shit and is still a norm. My son ain't even driving. He can't I and mean, he's old enough to drive, but he don't even drive. But just being in the car with me, I asked him not too long ago, like, man, how many times you been in the car with me? We've been pulled up. He's like about six. That's crazy. It's people who ain't never been pulled over six times in their lifetime. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? That's crazy. That's it's just, it's, again, so it's like you say, how do you find joy? How do you find love? All of this shit is like compounded. That's just one pitfall we got to dodge. The police. So where do you find joy, support, and love with all of this going on around you is my question. Like, how do you get that in this world? Like, and And I thought of this, I was thinking of this because you just... Think about the different things that you go through. Life is tough. You know, everybody's like striving for something, aiming for a goal. Um, you're being rejected, you know, every day. You know, you working hard, you're getting caught up in the day-to-day of life, whether it's like taking care of your kids, like whatever it is. So then, and then on top of that, being a black man, being thrown across a police car, you know, being pulled over 10 times in a month for driving while black. Like, how do you cope and find like, joy and support in that type of life you normalize it like we normalize murder because that's another thing right we don't think of it like this uh, think about how we glorify being from the hood you normalize certain shit right but Mm -hmm. the police ain't the only motherfucking enemy and you have to focus to find that joy and happiness right so again i said i'm an avid bike rider right okay and i'm the type of cat like it's funny, right? You got all these new niggas who I'm a bike rider, and they all jump on the trails, and they do all the, mm, you new niggas, right? I was doing it before it was trendy. And I ride, and I shouldn't do this, and this is fucked up that I even said that I shouldn't do this, but I'm the kind of cat that it'd be midnight, and I'd be like, man, I want to go ride. Mm. For that same reason, like, where do you find that joy? It's peaceful for me. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck what time it is that I desire peace. If I desire that in that moment, I'm going to go do it. But I don't, I don't have to, I don't ride like per se toward the comfortable spaces. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ride to the hood or where I'm comfortable. And oftentimes that ain't the smart shit to do. But the reason ain't the smart shit to do, cause just by the very nature of me being me, mm-hmm. showing up in a specific area at the wrong time could be deadly. Yeah. And that's a normal pitfall. Like if it's dark outside and my son is at, like you talked about going to AU practice, my son walks to his practice right now. Mm-hmm. But at a certain amount of time, at, at the nice like, when the night come falls, I'm like, man, let me go get this nigga. Yeah. Because just being out in the elements makes him a fucking target. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So I think that, like, on the one hand, you talk about normalizing it as a means to find peace within it. Or to just survive it. Sure. I think the other thing that we need to do is to change the narrative about what matters, what's important. Right? What what are these things that we're pursuing? Right? If we're talking about, well, I don't get love here, I don't get love here, you don't get love here because you're trying to find love in places that's continually showed you ain't no love here for you, G. Ain't no love here for you. So whether you keep going back to the same club that keep being racist to you, or you keep going back to the same award shows that don't fucking acknowledge your greatness, or you whatever like 
ain't no love here for you. So, so, so what else are you going to do? Can you think outside of the box? You, in finding one of your areas of peace and joy, to me, is thinking outside the box. Because riding a bike, we, in, in, in our sick minds, like, nigga on a bike. You know what I'm saying? Broke ass nigga. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we, we don't, we, we view motherfuckers riding a bike just like, that's what the fuck you riding a bike for? You know what I'm saying? We got to change the way we think about what's valuable and what's important so that we can actually create spaces that feel good to us. And that's, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of changing of the mind because those impacts, they are psychological, they're social, and they're extremely financial. And they're cyclical, right? It's a vicious cycle of all of those things being psychological, social, and then financial. And then the financial burden of those things just leads to more psychological trauma, right? Not feeling good about who you are, being stressed out, social trauma because your money fucked up, nobody else views you as valuable, and so it's just this vicious cycle. Meanwhile, you got the fucking president giving bread to porn stars. And it's it's a different it's a different game we play, and if we understand that, it should inform us to move differently. It should, right? But again, like to the point of changing the narrative, I'm with you, and I talk that shit often, mm-hmm. right? But I think there's, we got to understand the weight of even that ask. Oh, right? it's, so turn the oil tanker around. The reason the why the, water. They, the people can we we like to make up excuses. And sometimes we might be fully ignorant, but the reason why those people continue to go to that club where they're not welcome is because they're looking for value. Right. It's the same reason why the homosexual keep going to the church that says we don't value homosexuals. Because you could easily go start the homosexual church, but you don't. You want to go to this church to feel valued and accepted by this group. Right? It's the same thing. But in the bottom up, there's, there's, a, there's a statement that says... Uh, with the eradication of white supremacy, you will heal every ill in the black community. And I fully and wholeheartedly believe that. But also, we have to look at the other end of the totem pole or the other end of that spectrum. White supremacy is the definitive of every American narrative of value. Right. We, we, you know are, the, we are some of the greatest purveyors of white supremacy. We absolutely are because we've been cultured and, and assimilated into the culture of America. We've been here as long as America been America. Right. So it's very difficult for us to separate that construct. Now, being at the bottom of that totem pole, it's very difficult for us to look in the mirror and find love. Mm. We lie to ourselves and say we do. Sure. But we don't because it shows in all of our actions. Right. Uh, And in, in essence, what we do is we try to buy our worth in whatever capacity we can buy our worth. Right. And, and at this point, right, we're at the tipping point in my mind because we've gotten to a point where we're so invested in the, the fooling of ourselves that now when you call ourselves to the mat because of the behaviors we make, we disown or cancel that conscious thought, right? You can't tell me that a woman is getting ass shots because she loves herself. You can't tell me that. I'm sorry. But that's the argument, right? Think about how it used to be taboo to talk about I got uh, plastic surgery. It's not today. It's, it's like, let me tell you where I got my surgery. Let me tell you who the surgeon is, mm-hmm. right? It used to be taboo to, uh, it used to be a lot of taboos that are no weave longer taboos. Weave, all of it, you know. Right? Mm-hmm. But I'm talking, weave is one thing, but when you start changing your body, mm-hmm. 
It's different. And I don't want to put just put this on women because it ain't just on women. Dudes, it used to be taboo to say you was a trick. Niggas getting now they're validated influence. for being tricks. You know what I mean? So all of these things that used to be ta- taboo, now we validate them because it gives us entree to feeling better about ourselves or we think it makes us closer to what we deem as valuable. Further moving away from purity of consciousness and purity of the essence of loving yourself. Fuck loving somebody else, right? But what you get out of that is our community. And what I mean is, you, I, I often say, you can see the depression on our faces. So it ain't just the enemy as our enemy. We've become our own enemy because we act in the light of the enemy. Oh, we've been we've become 100% complicit in our own demise. And I think that is is what we need to see that, acknowledge that, and then come up with a plan to overcome it. And I think every time we have uh, an election in this city like we have coming up now, it creates an opportunity for us to do that. But we rarely, rarely seem prepared for it, right? In the vein, in the vein of being our own worst enemy in regards to the election. Yeah, this Friday, I got a call from a police officer friend of mine. And he was like, man, man it was like around noon or something. So he was like, man, where you at? <clears throat> he knows kind of how I moved through the city. <clears throat> I was like, I'm out west. He was like, oh, I thought you was at Operation Push. And I was like, why would I be at Operation Push? And he was like, oh, because I'm up here and Brandon Johnson is up here. So Brandon Johnson is a mayoral candidate uh, he's the black mayoral candidate. He's running against Paul Vallis. They're both Democrats, so it's not a Democrat-Republican thing. In Chicago, we don't have Republicans. So th- this is the, the, mayoral, uh, the mayoral runoff between Paul Vallis and Brandon Johnson. Paul Vallis, white candidate. Brandon Johnson, black candidate. The only reason why this is interesting, because my police officer buddy says, hey, man, we was called here because there was a group of guys with intent and malice outside threatening Brandon Johnson's safety. And we can't prove this, but there's rumors circulating that Paul Vallis called that group to go do exactly that. If you know anything about traditional Chicago politics, this is not out of the ordinary. Nah, it's street lit. Right? People think they call Chicago the Windy City because of the weather. That's not true. I say that all the time. Right? It has nothing to do with the weather. It's because of how we move politically. Right? I told some young boys today, Chicago's a gangster-ass city, and that don't mean black people. No. That means gangsters. Real gangsters. Right? We move in alignment with gangsters. Some of the most, or one of the, or maybe the most popular man we've ever had or the most notable man we ever had was Matt Daly. Mm-hmm. He's notable as being a gang chief in the in the uh, 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 Irish community. The daddy. The daddy. Right. He's notable Papa as being Daly. chief. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you think about the offspring of him being chief is the Chicago Police Department and the Chicago Fire Department. Come on. Period. Point blank. Gangsters run this town, always have run this town, and probably always will run this town. No doubt. Right? It creates the culture. So when people hear about the wild shit that happens in our community, it ain't, it ain't really all that wild because that's the culture. That's Chicago. Right? Chicago is gangster shit. This Chicago, Nick. You know what I mean? It just is what it is. But to the point of what happened at Push, you got these people threatening Brandon Johnson. Johnson's life. And this is the part that goes into us being our worst enemy. I asked the police officer. I said, is they white dudes? No, sir. They us. Now, what becomes interesting to me is that I just happened to be at a Paul Vallis closed door meeting maybe a month earlier. The only two institutions, and I've been telling y'all this, that we control in America is the church and the streets. And guess who was in that closed door meeting 
with me. The church and the streets. So to assume that Paul Vallis, Paul Vallis was able to put a couple of dollars together and tell those street fractions, go fuck do shit up. It's not unbelievable. Yeah, price of the fact that we do it though, it's fucking unbelievable. It, it should be fucking unbelievable. That's, that's, yeah, should be. It should be, but it ain't. Cause shooters come cheap, and we talk about the. the so do preachers. Yeah, and we talk about the the, the desperation and, and where we at, and it just don't, it don't, it don't strike me as surprising. Cause shooters come cheap. You put together a little bag, motherfuckers go do whatever, and that's why we got to be strategic, intentional about how. We move. Um, we mm-hmm. we got to move up out of here. Got to go. Um, couple weeks left, leading into this mayoral election, and there needs to be some strategic planning. I see a lot of black people lining up and and, and campaigning for Paul Vallis, and not I'm not making a political declaration on this thing at the moment. But I'm seeing the Jesse Whites. I'm seeing Dr. Kenner, who was principal at my high school for a long time. And uh, obviously, Paul Vouch was the uh, CEO, CEO of, of CPS. Um, but anyway, I'm seeing a lot of black people just coming out, campaigning for him. And I think that's interesting. I've seen your mans eating Harold's with him. You gonna make him my man? Yeah, that's your <laughs> man. I, that nigga's a weird. That, that, I, and usually, I don't even be on that with you. I'd be like, whatever. But that's. I mean, come on, come Harold's. Come on, man. Uh, either way. So the breakdown is pretty much the old guard and the new guard. There's a lot of black people lining up behind Paul. There's a lot of younger black people lining up behind Brandon. And this is not a declaration of who I'm with either, because I'm gonna be very honest with you. Both of those understandings of blackness. Ain't really my understanding of blackness. Right. And to be quite honest with you, Brandon is backed by a demographic of white folks that I don't fuck with either. Mm-hmm. And I'm not into the argument of your white boy is better than my white boy. Right. That's really what this argument is in my mind. Right. Now, now I don't know how I'm going to emerge out of this. Uh, I'm trying to set up conversations with both of the candidates. I would love to have them on a the podcast. Uh, I'd love to have a, a, a opportunity to interview both of them. We're working on that diligently. Uh, I think once we have those conversations, I'll merge, uh, uh, merge out of that conversation with a different understanding of how I'm going to move. Uh, but how I move and how I'm built, I only operate in the vein of my interests, and my interests are my people. And that ain't a that's a consciousness conversation, not a color conversation, right? Because I hold, I know I make the argument all the time, and there ain't very many black people in America. It's just a bunch of dark skinned white people. Mm-hmm. So your skin tone or how many how much melanin you have does not dictate my value for you. It just doesn't. It can't. We've been socialized to be very different, and I can't fuck with you just because you're dark-skinned. Can dig it. Can dig it. We'll leave right there for today. We'll be back here on Saturday for a Relationship Friday conversation that will air live on Tuesday if you are an official dirtbag. We appreciate y'all for tuning in to this episode of Herb and 2. As always, your input was valued. It was certainly, certainly appreciated. Huge shout-out to the dopest producer in the podcast game. We like to call her E4O. She would much rather go by her chosen name. Peggy Bundy, a.k.a. Dennis the Rod Man. Hands down. <laughs> take that, take that, take that.
ass up to doubles producing the podcast game. Shout out to P.I. putting his touch on the video. By the time y'all see it, it's going to be fire. And it's because P.I. put his bells and whistles on it. Bells and whistles. Bells and whistles from the great P.I. Shout out to Ron Rella. Ronnie. <laughs> Doing the hard work behind the camera, holding down the boards. Hold down everything, man. We appreciate everybody bringing what they bring to the table. Find out what you bring to the table, then pull up a chat for two. My name is Herb. Y'all be good to each other. Peace. Assalamu alaikum.